Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. Jeff, 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 Jeff. Jeff Steins, our national and presidential expert, noted Jeff, author. You can Jeff, find his books at Next Chapter Books, totallyiowa.com as well. The Iowa Business Report, the Iowa Politics Report. Jeff, Come to us from KXEL in Cedar Falls, Waterloo, where Jeff is there. And you, he sent me some photos of you actually getting to talk to every one of the Republicans. Where was that again? The center of hell. No, <laughs> it was, oh, it's on the video screen. Look at that. Yeah. Look at uh, that, you people watching on the Facebook yeah, or whatever yeah. you're watching on. Uh, I they had the. They, by the way, I wanted to let you know. The only reason this TV is working now is because the Twins games were on there during the day. So they 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 were watching the Twins game while I'm doing a show here, and I was too, frankly, in the reflection off the mirror here. So it was. That's why it's working. You wanted to bring up big baseball yeah. after how that went down. You no. thought that was a good a good upward you know, message for the day. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I couldn't hear you over all the weeping at major league baseball with the Arizona, Texas world series they're about to have. So, <laughs> well, you know, uh, what did I hear today? Something about two years ago, each one of them had lost a hundred games. Yeah. So you go from in essence, worst to first. No, uh, what that speaking of worst to first seven Republican presidential candidates, uh, gathered at a fundraiser for a member of Congress. And we do this, um, uh, studio TV show that then we air on the radio. And, you know, for example, we're doing one next week with the Democrat state auditor of Iowa, et cetera. And somebody had the brilliant idea of saying, let's go and do this on the road for two hours <laughs> with no break. Oh. And I said, uh, what's the talent fee? And then they answered and I said, all right, I'll see you there. So that's what it was. I, I uh, We interviewed the two U.S. senators from Iowa, seven presidential candidates back to back. An attorney general, a congresswoman, partridge, pear tree, it was all there. Well, he's I, choosing it, his words carefully, kids. Uh, you know, how much back team? Um, sorry. sorry, sorry. <laughs> I mean, literally, here's the thing that I thought of on, on the drive home, because it's like a two-hour drive home. And, yeah. you know, it was a good broadcast. We had great conversations. Okay, fine. Um I'm close enough to all of these folks that they could, if I'm not careful, they could spit on. Oh yeah. No, you were getting, you were, you were in the spray zone. You were, it was a Gallagher concert. And I'm thinking (laughs) that I've, you know, got, got the, the watermelon right in the face a couple of times. And I'm thinking, okay, where do these people go? Who have they talked to? I mean, it's like COVID copia. (laughs) going on there well, not cornucopia covid copia and the fact that i'm still alive today six, six days later is a miracle now you have to live up to your journalistic integrity right now yes. who is this right. who is the spittiest because we all have been there you've been in there you're talking to someone else mm-hmm. and you realize oh you're a spitter when they're talking <laughs> and they're there you know yes. it's like a sprinkler going off in the yard mm-hmm. who of of all the presidential candidates that you talk to on the republican side who is the spittiest talker Brett, could you put the pictures up again? Oh, yeah. Here we go. Let's that, get these guys back. Because it, it, it'll help me in recalling. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, okay. Um, I, I, uh, in rank order, I'd go Ramaswamy, Scott DeSantis. There's your top three. Scott, okay. Those were the, the so Ramaswamy is a spitter, huh? Part of the issue, and now we don't need to look at them again. Uh, you can take them down. Thank you. Um, 
look at me producing the show. Scott DeSantis um, is actually kind of an upward trajectory too. I mean, that's that's not pleasant. <laughs> well, the thing about it was that, and keep in mind, I don't know how much you know spewing I was doing. I mean, you know, I I didn't see anybody flinch, but Mr. Ramaswamy gets very excited. And, you know, when he's in the stump speech, there, you know, it's louder, there's much more projection of voice. And when there's much more projection of voice, there's the other projection, maybe. Yeah. Was uh, It's just a matter of if I'm driving home going, do I stop now for the shot? Do I get a, you know, a jumbo bottle of Zycam? What do I do? And I decided just to uh, tough through it. And so far, so good. You're at like a gas station. They got the, they got the hand sanitizer outside by the pumps and you're kind of squirting it and wiping it all over yourself. Uh, no, I'm <laughs> drinking it. I'm literally sticking my head under the dispenser at the quick star and just ingesting it directly. Did DeSantis have his super sassy Nancy Sinatra boots on? I did not notice. But here's what I noticed. Okay, put the pictures back up. Okay. Because you're... Let's, let's put it back up here because we got to see if, okay, if he's this, wearing the is... white, white boots. No, I don't know about the white boots. What I can tell you is now, I, I've likened this to the original Hollywood Square. So in the box normally occupied by Wally Cox is uh, Ron DeSantis. Okay. Thank you for getting the reference. His hand is poised and ready to dip into pudding. Don't you think? Because look at everybody else. Everybody else is just sort of natural, and they're just, you know, this is great if you're on the radio and you don't see this, but trust us, there's a picture here, and he's got his hand, like, ready to just dive in. Oh, yeah. To... Um, he's yeah. got he got him sprayed like some kind of aquatic creature for maximum grabbing of the pudding. I'm just saying. <laughs> just He really... I'm, he doesn't look like he's human. Everyone else looks like on a human stance. DeSantis is there. Hello, human. I mean, Jeff. And so, well, now, now you say that, but then when I said, okay, thank you, uh, governor, there was like two seconds. I heard a click and he answered. I don't know what you're talking about. All right. Uh, <laughs> let's turn to more pressing issues. And by the way, I will post, can I post the picture of you talking to all these sure. people? I'll we'll post the picture. Sure. You can go see what you're saying. You tell us, you know, first of all, Ramaswamy, the spitter. But as well, you look at that picture and look at DeSantis's hand. Don't tell me that that's not looking for a you know a pudding pack anyway, from Jello. I mean, you, he's... you just said Ramaswamy the spitter, and then I heard slurping on your part as you tried to take a breath. <laughs> I will tell you now, all of these uh, their podcast at KXL.com, We ran all those interviews today. Um, there is one candidate who was making fun of Joe Biden. No, I'm not going to tell you who it is. It, it's out there, but I'm not going to. He was making fun of Joe Biden and then wanted to use an, an analogy to suggest that Biden could not do more than one thing at a time. And this individual said, Joe Biden can't chew and walk gum at the same time. Oh, can he? <laughs> and I thought I heard that, but of course, you, you know, they just keep going. Right. And I thought that didn't sound right but you know there's a lot of people in the room and, and so i i uh and then i listened back and yep that's exactly what was said <laughs> which, which and one, i thought you it? know who was it who said that i'm not gonna tell you oh, okay um it's out there but it, it you know it's part of the joe biden cannot chew and walk gum at the same time well, and i thought well if he could a smothers brother I might know. be able to i mean that's a that's a neat trick uh, so with Ramaswamy, is it more like Sylvester? Is that what we're looking at? Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. He's just, he's very intense and he's very directed, you know, 
you know, it, it's it's like when you screw up on the air, Donald Duck, you know, daily, <laughs> you know, and Brett comes in and gives you the tongue lashing. Well, that's the kind of you know, there it's loud and he's pointing and and occasionally there's a droplet and 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 the Beetlejuice is playing. You know, it's always never mind. We're we're going to move on. We're going to move on. All right, really? so the, we? yeah, we should. I mean, I could you I know, and I you and I should. could we you and I could do this for a long time. And I'd have a I mean, I'd bury you deeper, but I mean and, and I I'd be laughing and giggling like a little schoolgirl the entire time. But you and I have done this for a yes, long we time. Have, so go we, ahead. We've done full shows like this. Okay. So mm-hmm. I am going to call it as it is. And you may disagree with me. Mike Johnson signifies the end of the Republican Party as we knew it. It is now officially you have a election denier a staunch national anti-abortionist and the national author of the don't say gay bill on the federal level. This is a guy who clearly is there for Trump. And that is the, that, that seems to have been the case. This, the speaker, although he looks like some sort of folksy little guy from Louisiana, Mike Johnson is, if not more than, than, um, uh, yeah, Jim Jordan, he is he is the most MAGA, uh, an incredibly MAGA candidate. And the fact that every Republican in the House voted for him signifies to me that the Republican Party, as we knew it, is now officially dead. It's now officially 100 percent Trump Uberalis. I think the Republicans took a look at some polling and determined that if they ever hope to win an election again, in the next decade, at the congressional level for sure, then they needed to get this thing over with, regardless of who was up. And so it was, well, you know, he doesn't have a, a you know an awful lot of skeletons. He hasn't made a lot of enemies. The fact that he made it to, to, to 217, in essence, um, you know, again, the unanimous, it was just a matter of, okay, I don't know whose um, arms got twisted on this, but he woke up 213th in House seniority this morning. Now he's second in line for the presidency. That's pretty good upward mobility for the new speaker. But again, in essence, it's Jordan without the enemies. Is is that the way to phrase it? And I'm not being flip. I'm just saying. No, it's it's Jordan without the Ohio State stuff that, that came with him with the inertia with that. And also, yep. and also the fact that he was he was one of those most vibrant, most visible guys. He is Jim Jordan, but he's from behind the scenes, and that's. Right. You know, I think the MAGA people just outplayed the, the rest of the Republicans. They knew that they they have no problem. I mean, we saw this yesterday with Emmer. They had mm-hmm. no problem. Be, they wanted to be the vote that denied Emmer the speakership. They wanted to be the vote because they kept saying to themselves. Eventually, the rest of the Republican Party will cave. We look like a bunch of freaking idiots, but they basically are still trying to hold on to their dignity. They'll eventually cave, and that's exactly what happened. And in turn, what they got was a dream candidate as speaker, by far the most conservative speaker of the House in the history of this country. A a fair statement, sure. But what else were you going to get when Kevin McCarthy apparently behind the scenes was sabotaging everybody else because he still had this, this dream that they were going to turn to him. And you and I talked about this last week and it did get floated over the weekend of, well, if they don't get it this time, then uh, they may turn back to old Kev. 
and I, and I think, you know, he's playing along on this because he's now playing long game of, okay, you got what you wanted, but it still only takes one to file a motion to remove you. And I don't think we've heard the last of this Is that by s- any stretch, because if look at what he did, the new speaker, and I'm not saying this is this is wrong, but the first thing he said was, well, we're going to need another continuing resolution. And the question is, do we take it to December or April? April, Matt, more than halfway through the fiscal year. Well, it just depends on what the members want to do. What? What, what was the point of all of this? Because a continuing resolution continues the old budget. And if you're going to do it till April, come on. The By the way, is the rule still in place? I thought that was one of the things that most Republicans wanted to get rid of was the one, one person can force a vote and that's the end of you. I don't think anything's been decided or changed yet. I mean, first of all, they had to get a speaker. Yes. Well, they so. haven't updated the rules package. No, that's the thing that had that in it. And you couldn't pass the rules package without the speaker. So now I got a speaker. All right. Bring up the rules package. If you don't, it's the same package that you had going in. Well, does. okay. your argument, not your argument, but the argument that's being put forward is, okay. now that the house can get back to business. Well, in theory, well, in theory, (laughs) Good I mean, luck. Yes, they can. They, they now have a speaker. They can transact business. Accurate. Yes. So they're still going to be the, the, the petulant child on the playground demanding that everything goes their way and no concessions ever. So they're still into that pot. Plus, your new speaker now is a, you know, a, an election denier who filed the lawsuit to overthrow the election with the Supreme Court. So this is not some fringe guy. This is one of the point people that was trying to overthrow the election. He also is a staunch anti-abortionist. So that issue is now front and center again for Republicans next year. And Angie Craig, I brought up the Angie Craig point where she said she before she voted for Kim Jeffries, she you know said happy anniversary to her wife on the House floor. Johnson has is, is the guy that wants to do the federal don't say gay bill, which, to my knowledge, would then make what Angie Craig just did illegal. And she would have been arrested for just merely saying happy anniversary to my wife on the U.S. House floor. This does not make things a lot better for Republicans at all. You have pretty wide latitude as a member of the House or Senate in public debate. So I'm not sure any law limiting what would be said would be constitutional. So that's number one with with that part. It's a very small part of, of the whole thing you mentioned. I also, you know, if you're a lawyer filing a lawsuit and you have even the tissue of belief that there's merit to it, that's your job. You file it on behalf of your client. You don't have to believe in it fully. You just have to believe there's enough to get it there. The difference between that and what's going on in Georgia, where there are charges filed, is did you have were you were you, were you involved in conversation to say yeah I know this is crap but I'm going to file it anyway those things aside and I only remove those things because I think there's enough left without okay I mean he is he does not have a long track record but what he has is pretty certain all right in other words it's not like he's been a lawmaker for 20 years and you try to divine what his views are over the course of time forget any of the other stuff. Just look at the that the limited record with regard to bills introduced, with regard to public pronouncements on certain issues, et cetera. 
And that's who the Speaker of the House is, period. Yeah. And, you know, the, the fact that all of these McCarthy supporters, all of the squishier folks, in essence, that's what they've been called on talk radio, uh, you know, the rhinos who wouldn't go along. Okay, they all went along this time. And so what are you going to do if this goes down in flames? Well, you know, I voted for uh, McCarthy and uh, uh, Scalise, and I would have voted for Emmer, so I'm still squishy. No, they're not going to say that. I no. mean, you know, you don't have any any defense. Well, we had to vote for somebody. Yeah, okay, well, you, you passed up the other empty chairs. I mean, truly, if the guy wins the job through attrition, uh, yeah, what kind of confidence is there out there? Well, and I don't, I don't know. Well, and I also think this is that this guy becomes an anchor around all these guys in, during the election sinker, uh, the election well, season. Can, and, and you just, you know, in the same sense as how Republicans, you know, said San Francisco values Nancy Pelosi. I mean, that was kind of, you know, comical. This is, oh, you mean the guy here that doesn't want to have anyone be able to even say the word gay nationally, that you can't even do that here? That if you're a moderate Republican or you're in a moderate district, anything up to even a plus two Republican, this guy's toxic. Well, it's going to depend on, um, well, you'll find out if you see him out on the trail or you see him as the point person raising money. If you don't, then your point is, is absolutely spot on. Hakeem Jeffries has already been very clear about the abortion issue and other things in, in his statement. So, I mean, the casting of this new speaker is already being done, not by his own party, but yeah. by the Democrats in terms of framing him. Because most people are like, who? You know, no. we've heard of Louisiana politicians, never heard of him. And so the Republicans have lost the messaging on it. He's going to be framed by Democrats. That's not going to be to his advantage. Oh. I also noticed a, a Democrat reposted something that uh, the now speaker did on Twitter. And I don't know if you saw this little video clip of I mean, the, the abortion where he, where he basically talks about how he, no, he wanted. No, this, no. Is, this is even better. This is even better. What you see is the film clip opens. The video clip opens film. Am I 90 years old? Okay. The video clip opens and you see the front page of the newspaper banner headline that says Trump acquitted. The person holding the newspaper drops it down. It is the new speaker who looks to his right and he's standing outside Nancy Pelosi's office and you see that it's her office. He looks at the, her name and the sign and then winks at the camera. Okay. That's a four second clip that doesn't go away. No, it doesn't. So at any point, I mean, holding up the headline, you're outside Nancy's office. You give the camera a wink like, heh, heh, heh. Okay. Now you got the gavel. Well, that we, stuff doesn't go away. It doesn't. And I think that the problem for him, too, is he goes and campaigns for Marjorie Taylor Greene. That's going to get national traction. That doesn't help him. And I don't, I don't think Democrats are going to be painting him. I think moderate Republicans will be starting to try to distance themselves probably by February of next year. we got to take a break. Come on back. I want to talk about some flips for, for with you. Uh, Jeff Stein joining us. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, the Matt McNeil Show. Jeff Stein joining us for his usual Wednesday visit. And Jeff, uh, in the Georgia case, uh, Jenna Ellis has flipped now. She has taken a plea deal. Um, this is obviously a lot of trouble for Rudy Giuliani because this is, she was working very closely with him. And I just don't, I mean, frankly, I don't see any way in the world that Rudy Giuliani is going to be ever offered a plea deal in Georgia. What do you think? 
I doubt he'll be offered a plea deal unless he offers up Donald Trump on a silver platter, and I don't think that's going to happen. I knew that she was going to flip when I started seeing her posts on Twitter that uh, ripped Trump and uh, were pro-DeSantis, so you knew something was going on there. And, you know, her comment yesterday, I don't know how helpful she is because her comment was, I believed what people told me and I should have investigated. Well, okay, I'm not sure that's terribly compelling, but at least, again, it's another one that, that chips out of the way. The one that's interesting is the one who who pleaded guilty to a felony. That's huge. And it's, uh, again, this is the prototypical way to prosecute this kind of case. And they're doing it with the document case at Mar-a-Lago. Mm-hmm. You get multiple people, some of whom can't afford to go the whole way on this. And so they strike a deal and you hope they have another little piece of the story that they can tell to corroborate what you had in the charging decision. Mark Meadows, please, in the DOJ case in D.C. That's now that now we're, you know, he's Trump's desperately got to get that trial out of the way somehow, because if Meadows flips on him, he's done. Well, Meadows uh, did not get charged in D.C., did in Georgia, did not in D.C., and now has immunity in D.C., yeah. right? Yes, I believe that's we the We talked about this you know, months ago when you ran the pool of who's the most likely to, oh, yeah. to flip. Uh, he was on the trampoline doing somersaults in midair. So not a surprise. And the fact that Trump today says publicly, oh, Meadows believed that this was rigged. He knew it was rigged. He said it all along. Okay, that's how you get public opinion out there before you hear what he'll actually say. Well, and it's interesting. Once again, there's a big difference between what these guys say in front of a camera and then what they say in a courtroom. Under oath. Absolutely. And when they're next on the line. Exactly. All of a sudden, it's a very different story from what they're saying on True Social. Uh, Once again, I will post the picture that we talked about earlier. We'll get the Iowa politics report that posted out as well. Jeff, you can listen to this as well on Sunday. Thanks, Jeff. We'll talk to you next week. Hour two up next.